0: Cool. Hey guys welcome back to an all new episode of a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends I am your host Matt Kazakowski, and alongside me today is pro wrestler Stephen Wolf. Stephen how's it going man? Good man how you doing today? I'm good man I'm really excited to have you on the show like I was talking to you just a few minutes ago before we started. I'm a fan of your career I've watched you i, I seen you randomly in a google picture and I've Was like, dude, this dude has a cool look. I watched your matches. I'm like, dude, this dude's awesome. So I had to have you on the show, man. Um, yeah, this is going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, let's start simple. I know it's questions that you've probably been asked before numerous times, just like all the other wrestlers that I have on my show. Um, what was the moment you fell in love with pro wrestling? Do you remember the exact moment that you
1: were like, yo, dude, this is cool. Um, I've really been watching like my entire life. Uh, I think memory-wise, uh, I'd watch every, really every Monday, Thursday, Friday, whenever wrestling was on, like with my grandmother growing up, and she absolutely loved it, and obviously that made me love it too, doing flips and stuff off the couch, but I think the, the moment when I was like, I want to do this, it was, uh, I was at a live event uh, in my hometown, I was like maybe like four or five, like super up in the cheap seats, like way far away. And it was uh, Goldberg and Triple H for the title. And I remember specifically Goldberg put Triple H in the jackhammer. And he pointed up straight to me. I, I guarantee it was me. It was definitely <laughs> at random. And I was like, he looked at me and I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, you know, if you ask Goldberg, he'll say the same exact thing, obviously. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah.
0: you, yeah. you point to a future legend himself <laughs> like Stephen Wolf. And, yeah, it's obvious, you know. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that must have been a really cool experience because I've been to house shows too, and the main event was never that hot, like at Goldberg versus Triple H. So, right. I mean, that must have been a really cool experience as itself to witness that kind of a match live. I mean, we all know how Goldberg is now. Um, you know, a lot of backlash to Goldberg right now, unfortunately. Um yeah. I mean, I'm still a fan of his, I mean, regardless, but um, yeah, I mean, so that was when you really decided this is what I want to do
1: mm-hmm yeah, okay absolutely.
0: okay um when did you actually start wrestling how old were you
1: um i was i want to say 19 uh yeah yeah i was around 19 years old um i like i said i've always wanted to do it like my entire life but uh living in like absolutely nowhere illinois i'm like three hours south of chicago okay so there's like no wrestling around me i thought it was like ring of honor and then wwe impact that was it and uh yeah dude came in and he bought like a power ranger oh sorry i was working at toys R Us. and dude came in super late night and i actually picked up the ship which was crazy like i wasn't even scheduled and dude came in bought a power ranger toy and i was just chatting with him because i was like eh, there's nobody else here like whatever and he's like telling me like, how he's a collector and all this and he's like yeah i collect like wrestling action figures too and i was like oh that's dope like i was like i've wrestling all the time like i've always wanted to like you know be a wrestler and uh, he's like, oh, well, I have a promotion if you want to come try out. And I was like, there's wrestling around here. And, uh, yeah, next thing I know, like two weeks after that, I'm at the local bar and grill parking lot setting up a wrestling ring. That's awesome. And I, and I was like, man, all of this happened because I took an extra shift at work. So, <laughs> I'm like, if I cool, didn't do that, I'm like, I don't even know where I'd be right now, you know? Oh, for sure.
0: No, I mean, everything happens for a reason, obviously. Um yeah. I mean, speaking of collecting, do you have any cool collections that
1: you collect on yourself? Um, I have, like, uh, uh, you can kind of see this right here. Uh, I have, like, a lot of superhero stuff, um, like memorabilia, uh, comic books. Uh, I also keep a lot of Power Ranger stuff, too, because I love that. Uh, Avatar, Last Airbender. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I do have – oh, and, of course, Muhammad Ali, because he's, like, one of my absolute, like, role models in just oh, yeah. life. In general. um a lot of like my nerd stuff i've had to like put away because <laughs> like living by myself i was like oh man i'm putting this stuff everywhere right and uh now like my fiance and i like we've been living together for quite some time and she's like yeah this isn't like we need like an adult household and i'm like oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, and so like all my stuff's put away or like we have like a bar area and that's like kind of like where we put like all of our nerd stuff like hers okay. included um but for the majority of the time like it's just it's nice and tucked away and i just get to enjoy it myself so i
0: get it i get it um is there
1: any hope for
0: like one day having one room just designed for your stuff all right that's that's what's Uh, up man i i'm a big wrestling collector i mean you could see my hurt business poster behind me my undisputed Mm -hmm. era poster behind me like my entire closet is full of wrestling action figures like it's (laughs) insane um but yeah i mean I think it's cool, like always asking that question, because, you know, as adult men now, you know, there's so many adult men that have a collection of something and it Mm -hmm. makes us feel like a child still. Um, You know, I've asked so many people, uh, uh, up and coming wrestler, Rosario Grillo, part of a tag team called TSF. You know, we were talking about that. He's like, yeah, I'm a big Power Ranger collector. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. But it's so cool to see what people collect and stuff. Uh, Oh, yeah. Especially, you know, some, some hobbies are really out there, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that's pretty cool, man. I, uh, I get it for sure. Um, now, let's talk about your first match, your first promotion. Uh, do you remember your first match, who it was against?
1: Yes. Um, my first match was at a place called Sky Pro Wrestling. Uh, don't feel bad if you've never heard of it because nobody has. Uh, like I said, it was uh, in a bar and grill parking lot um and my opponent his name was Corbin Blaze uh now a little backstory on this gentleman is uh when I was working at Toys R Us you know all that stuff with the wrestler happened and uh I was kind of just like talking to people about it and uh one of the ladies that I work with she goes oh yeah my son's a wrestler and I was like he is and she's like yeah his name's Corbin Blaze and she like showed me a picture of him and he was a Skypro champion at the time and I was like this is so cool. Like, I know, like, a wrestler is like, Ma, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, It's not taking my first match yet. But, uh, like, the first day, training, all that, he's like, oh, you're the you're the kid that works with my mom, huh? And I was like, oh, shit, man. This guy's basically John Cena. And I was like, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He goes, all right, okay. Let's see what you got. And I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know? And uh, <laughs> fast forward to my first match. Uh, at this point in time, I have had like little to no training there's a total of like maybe like six or seven people in the audience uh i remember specific because it was like a vinyl black uh canvas on the ring it was like 90 degrees out totally sunny day promoters like all right guys nobody go over 10 minutes uh it's hot out there just don't be on the only time be on the mat is when you're taking a pin. yeah meeting it's over uh blaze looks at me and he goes we're going 20 and it walks away. And I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, at that time, my body didn't hurt at all. So I was like, yeah, 20 minutes easy. And yeah, man, I remember it was like one of the hottest moments of my life. I just got a brand new tattoo. Like, a oh, week <laughs> um, yeah. And I was like, so worried. Like, like something was going to go wrong with it, but I was like, this is my first match ever. And like, I, i think it went phenomenally i'm sure if i watch it back now i'd be like oh my gosh but man like even though it was like stupid hot i just remember going to the back and like everett being like wow this, that was way better than you know i anticipated right and from from there man it was just like yeah i mean like Corbin blaze like now we're best friends i just hung out with him last week because it was his birthday i was like in his wedding and stuff and Man, it's just yeah, it was it was a great time. First match ever. Like I'm yeah, never gonna forget it. That's so you cool, know? man. Yeah, no, I get that. I uh
0: I tried training for pro wrestling and that was one of the worst mistakes of my life. You know, some people can do it, some people can't, you know. But that's cool, man, that you got to experience that and, and got it firsthand, knowing somebody who you worked with, son was a wrestler, growing into it and you know, building a lifelong friend from that. I mean wrestling is such a cool experience for sure. And, you know, you build yeah, yeah. lifelong friends from it, even just being fans. So, um, now let's talk about you teaming up with Trey Miguel and Myron Reed. We we've seen matches where you teamed up with those. Tell us what that experience was
1: like. Uh, well, uh, me and Trey, we originally tagged in uh, AAW. Um, we were just kind of put together the promoter, Danny Daniels is like, Hey, uh, I want you in the Chicago shows from now on. Uh, Cause at the time I was only working with LaSalle's um, and he's like, yeah, I might be teaming with uh, Trey Miguel out from Ohio. Like, all right, cool. And so I like looked up his stuff and I was like, all right, this guy's really good. he has been wrestling since he's 13. It's insane. And uh, yeah, dude, we just like mesh like really, really well. Uh, the tag moves like seemed almost fluid. Like we would like finish each other's like ideas and stuff and, yeah, I mean, this it was, it was an absolute blast, and we had some really crazy matches. We, uh, we like faced MSK or when they were on the Indies and in Scarlett Graves. Or yes, you, yes, when they were on the Indies, like we faced them like all the time, and we had like crazy, like incredible matches. And I loved it. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I broke my leg. I believe it was, yeah, end of 2019, if I'm remember correctly. Actually, no, yeah, I did break my leg in 2019. But prior to that, me and Trey stopped teaming because uh, I got a bad concussion, that, uh, and that was in well, 2018. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got a bad—I con- got a really bad concussion, and at the time, he was uh, still working at AAW, obviously. And that's when his like singles career took off, and that's when we kind of split. There was never like any like animosity or anything like that. Um, but we did kind of we did play that out in storylines a little bit uh, moving forward aw recently well during the pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic anyway and then uh working with myron it was incredible as well like myron he like he calls himself the young goat because he is (laughs) yeah like dude like his ideas are like insane and like it's like your idea can be like a nine out of ten and then Myron would be like why don't we just like do like this and then boom 10 out of 10 you know for sure yeah and yeah like same thing It's like almost like everything just flowed perfectly. And yeah, dude, we just kept teaming and teaming uh, down in glory pro in St. Louis. And we won the titles there. Incredible. I absolutely love the promotion and being a title holder there was an absolute honor. Um, And then, yeah, me and Myron kind of ended when me and Myron had to go one-on-one in this tournament for uh, the championship, the gateway championship. And yeah, beat him moved on then i broke my leg <laughs> oh, so man. yeah all my tag teams all my like tag runs basically ends when i get injured so i can't be in a tag team anymore because i'm tired of being injured. Oh, all right wastes me much time recovering already
0: we, we want to see you main event constantly man we don't want to see any more injuries so no more tag team oh.
1: matches for sure
0: oh no it's it, uh, the main event's gonna happen as soon as i come back
1: oh for February. sure so I don't worry about it
0: oh for sure man um but now you mentioned aaw um aaw a a promotion from chicago um i personally have never been to one i want to go to one because aaw i think is one of the best promotions in the world now you talked about your experience with tagging with trey and aaw and stuff like that tell us about aaw as a whole what
1: was your experience like there aaw as a whole uh like you said it's one of the biggest indies it's the biggest indie in the midwest like there's no If fans or butts about it anybody who's anybody has gone through there and me being able to be a part of it was insane uh the promotion originally that ran in LaSalle was called Dreamwave and they're the first promotion that actually like gave me like a big chance like in uh, like a mainstream setting there I wrestled guys like Leo Rush JT Dunn AR Fox like Lindsay like you name them I wrestled them at uh at Dreamworks. and then uh, unfortunately the promoter you know he got burnt out he just fell out of love with wrestling and instead of like just putting on crappy shows he's like you know what I'd rather just be done and uh, right. he gave like the ring and well not really necessarily gave but he gave the ring to AAW and like the venue and was like hey this is your baby now like this LaSalle is yours um, and so I would be on those shows for a little bit and once Danny Saw me, uh, saw the potential and my work ethic. I think Uh, he put me and Trey together in Chicago shows. Me and Trey broke up, uh, still singles, but he still brought me back to Chicago. And being at AAW, the first, my first singles run there, um, I feel like I wasn't ready. Uh, Mentally, I was in a very bad place with like my depression, anxiety, and just like lack of wanting to face that. Um, so like I was just in my head a lot and I feel like I just didn't perform well. I wasn't myself. I was just the wrestler that I feel like people wanted me to be instead of the wrestler that I wanted to be. Um, and so me and aw we didn't really work together for a little bit, took some time away, but then I came back, uh, started not tagging, <laughs> but, uh, teaming with, uh, my now fiance Hyan. and ever since me and her have been together, uh, both well both in the ring and out uh aaw like everything was just like firing in all cylinders mostly because i stopped being so nervous about being on aaw and just started having fun about the fact that i'm on aaw right it's all about like the mindset switch man Of like it's insane how much you can accomplish from going like man i can't believe like i'm on aaw to man, i can't believe i'm on aaw you know it's absolutely it's all it's those little things man it's those little things but yeah no man AW I love it the locker room. It's like everybody everybody's cool with everybody, but everybody realizes like I'm going to put on an absolute banger, so you got to follow me. You know, it's that follow that mentality. But like we want the next match to be bigger. We want like our friends to be better than us. That way we oh, have for more for sure. the next show. You know. And yeah, man, everybody's just super fucking cool there. The fans are in Chicago is one of the best wrestling cities in the world period if not the best wrestling city you know oh for sure loud they're vocal you can get in their face and they will get right back in there they will throw drinks at you it doesn't matter like (laughs) i love it and being a heel there man oh it's fuck. oh man money money. that's just crazy
0: because somebody was telling me the other day they're like yeah AEW all out it was nuts the fans the atmosphere it was insane and i'm like They're like, it's AEW. And I'm like, no, it's Chicago fans, man. It's just how it is. Like, yeah, AEW all out. I don't know if you watched it, but it was hot, man. It was hot, you know, and obviously the crowd just intensified because of how hot it was. But that crowd is just hot in general, Um, you know, so I would love to go to an AEW show because I've, I've watched some of the matches from there. And I've had a former AEW world champion, Shane Hollister, on my show. A while yeah. back and you know it's funny because you know you mentioned it earlier like all right like i thought it was just wwe impact and stuff like that growing yeah. up so did i and i had when i had jd jt, JT done on my show we talked about that too like we were like yeah we didn't know anything outside wwe existed um mm-hmm. but it was funny because shane hollister was one of the, the shane hollister was the first wrestler outside of wwe that i seen mm-hmm. and i was like this dude has it man i'm gonna follow his career and, um, it changed my entire life. I mean, that's what led me to somebody like you. That's what led me to other guys who've been on my show and other guys who are killing on an independence like Myron and Trey. And, um, mm-hmm. it's so awesome, man. You know, the wrestling world is just
1: nuts. Um, that's a, a beautiful thing.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I jumped ahead a little bit here. Um, there was a promotion you wrestled for zero one, um, mm-hmm. Now, I've watched a lot of matches from Zero One, and I've seen a lot of talents come in there, underground talents that are killing it
1: now. Um, tell us about your time with Zero One and how that was. Uh, Zero One, it's, it's, a, it's a fun company. Uh, I was, I've been there multiple times, never, unfortunately, a regular. Um, I'd love to continue wrestling there once I'm back. But, yeah, it was kind of the same thing as, like, A.A.W. Like, they had that young, hungry mentality. But it was – I'm not saying it's on, like, a – it's on a different level, not a better level than A.A.W. Because, like I said, it's the best promotion in the Midwest. But Zero One has that, like, mentality of we realize we aren't the biggest promotion, but we're going to do everything in our power to damn sure try to be. Oh, And, like you said, a lot of, like, guys that nobody really knew about before they blew up were at zero one. I mean he got Warhorse but back then he was Jake Parnell. He, like him and his match with Gary J, where his freaking mouth got ripped open. Insane. Guys like uh Jake Lander, he got one of his first like big pushes there at zero one. And uh like man, well, your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Lander's yeah. another one man who's
0: killing it. You know, I uh I watched a couple of his matches and he's he's a really good talent. But yeah, no, it's dude zero one is it's great. I mean, it just has that electrifying atmosphere that is isn't trying to know like they're like, oh, yeah, we're the number one wrestling promotion in the world. They want to have fun. They want to put on a good show for their fans. And that's what they do every single time. Um, yeah. It kind of so reminds me of warrior wrestling and uh, Chicago Heights or out mm-hmm. this way in uh, Chicago. Um, I don't know if you've watched any warrior wrestling events or know about warrior wrestling but oh yeah,
1: oh, yeah for sure like, i mean we I would love to see you there yeah <laughs> i honestly uh yeah i've been watching uh warrior wrestling for a while um they it was when they first started they uh hit me up but unfortunately like dates didn't coincide so i couldn't be a part of it but uh yeah man like just watching the shows and kind of like just seeing the matchups and just the stuff they're allowing guys to do and giving opportunities to guys, it's awesome. And the, like their setup, their ring looks absolutely beautiful. You got you got top talent from all over the world, plus your local talents that can intertwine in there and really just like you know make stars. Warrior Wrestling is doing a phenomenal job, and they like blew up so fast in the best way possible.
0: Oh, for sure. I, uh, I had the privilege of finally going to one of their events last month. I got to work it and, uh, it was so hot in the building, man. I almost passed out. So I had to leave in the middle of the show, but, um, the, the matches that I'd seen were, were insane. And it was just like the most fun time, fun experience I've ever been to. Um, you know, Trey Miguel was there. I got to meet Trey and actually talk to him. That was fun. Um, but, yeah, no, dude, I would love to see you at Warrior, one of these one of these upcoming shows, especially when you get healthy and 100%. Um, I think Stephen Wolf is going to be on a whole new level.
1: Trust me, mentality-wise, I am on a completely different level. And oh, for I'm sure. And I'm definitely not coming back the same way I left, uh, both mentality, physically, or, like, wrestler-wise. It's going to be something brand new. Uh, we can't wait to
0: see it, man. I think it's going to be special.
1: I was going to say fucking fantastic. I should have
0: just said it. <laughs> but um, I've been, like, holding back at times. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should drop do Drop right them, man. Just drop them. It's all good. Um, <laughs> now, we've seen you in AAW. We've seen you on the Indies. Evolve Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Evolve. Let's talk about your time there. Uh, your feud with Harlem Bravado. Uh, let's kind of talk about this a little bit.
1: Mm -hmm. uh yeah feud with harlem man uh that dude so good (laughs) i mean he's been around the world like all over the place you know and yeah man he's another guy where like he'll take an idea and just form it into a masterpiece like that dude's picasso and i feel like i'm stick figures (laughs) you know what i mean just like trying but working with him is just so easy and so beautiful He has this thing about him where, again, in the best way possible, everybody hates him, (laughs) you know, and he knows how to work that. He knows how to, like, use that to his advantage a lot of the times. And working with him match-wise, man, we had, like, a lot of different callbacks to older matches we had and newer matches. And it seems like every time we do something – it's never the same. You will get hints of like, oh yeah, I remember they kind of oh wait, never mind. He reversed it because he also remembers that he did that last time in there. And yeah, man, it's just awesome. Evolve was such a fun place. It was like really surreal because it definitely made you feel like important. Not that indie wrestling isn't, you know, important by any means, because it's it's the lifeblood of wrestling. If we didn't have indie wrestling, there wouldn't be. Like, they'd still be WWE because they just want to have athletes, but there wouldn't be, like, the impacts, the AEWs, the AAWs, the Evolves, the Warriors, whatever, you know? But, like, being in a locker room with indie guys mixed with NXT guys and some WWE guys would come there, too, not necessarily on the show, but they would be in the back and they would help out. Uh, putting matches together, and kind of helping you with your persona. And it was the best place to be to perfect uh, who you are. You know what I mean? Because they, to them, and there's no disrespect to, like, other indies, but to them, Evolve is just straight-up developmental for WWE. They're like, this is where we send NXT guys that aren't quite getting it yet so they can perfect it. So while you're there, if you're like, I want to try something, but it's an evolve, so it's a big show. It's like, no, they want you to try stuff there. That way, uh, if wins, you do uh, get the call up or get an opportunity to be in the WWE. Then you are hitting the ground running. Oh, for sure. Yeah,
0: uh, I, uh, I mean Arturo Ruas, who is you know not getting a break in NXT, you know, aid or um, evolve, you know, killed it. You know, guys like that just showed what they were capable of. You know, we've seen Uh, the Street Profits get their first break winning the tag team titles in Evolve. You know, um, Evolve was just an awesome company to watch. And it's very upsetting that it finally shut its doors. Right. Um, We've seen WWE take some talent from there. Um, We've seen them completely let them go and drop them. Um, Mm -hmm. We've seen a couple names still get a break. Uh, Joe Gacy. Still, mm-hmm. you know, doing his thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I love his matches, man. Um, I seen something you posted on Twitter a little, uh, not too long ago, saying how WWE offered you a contract. Was that yeah. true? Yeah. Um,
1: should that be a horrible thing to lie about, right? <laughs> right, <you're> right, right, right. <laughs> absolutely. No, so basically during the pandemic, obviously Evolve got shut down. Um, indie wrestling kind of ceased. Uh, And then I got an email from uh, WWE saying that they were doing a very, very small closed tryout um, and they wanted me to be a part of it. And at this point that was my, it'd be my second tryout. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I have to get in stupid shape for in like three weeks or less, but like, I'm going to do it, you know? And there at that tryout, you had the guys like Harlem, you had, you know, Blake Christian, you had, uh, the tag team uh, TNT, I think they were, yeah, uh, and a couple other guys. And unfortunately, I'm just spacing out of their names. But yeah, man, it was it was crazy cool. You know, it was cool to see everybody there, and a lot of the guys, like ninety percent of the guys that were there, uh, you saw in the graduating class. Um, so I got the call saying, "Hey, we want to offer you a contract." Uh, went through logistics of it. Hey, uh, we we are probably going to be moving down here in March or originally it was supposed to be January it turned out to be March, but, uh, then cool. I'm like, awesome. I'm literally about to live my dream. This is what I wanted since I was a kid. Um, but then I went down for medical, uh, we were like, we were just kind of going through everything. And like I said, I got a really bad concussion in uh, 2018. Uh, and so, you know, we were going through my old injuries and that one came up uh and they're like yeah how did that feel i was like oh like i dove out of the ring uh the catch was kind of weird and basically more or less my head hit the the bottom of the ring apron so like the ring is set up by like i-beams yeah if you've never actually seen underneath it and like they're obviously straight steel stupid heavy um yeah bashing my head on the back like right here went through had to get 10 staples um and I told him, I was like, yep, yeah. I hit my head. I got 10 staples. They're like, did you feel any numbness or tingling? And I was like, yeah. It, I mean, I felt it for like maybe five, 10 seconds. And then it was gone. And I just felt pain. And uh, the doctor's like, okay, um, we're going to take an MRI of your neck uh, just to be safe that, you know, everything's on the up and up. And so I ended up being at like their hospital or not like WWE hospital, but like the Orlando medical. Yeah. like. 10 11 o'clock at night because they were just like not the wrestlers but just like they were just so busy in general and uh yeah man that was early december and then on my birthday december 30th i got a call from wwe uh saying that unfortunately because of uh how medical came out that they can't hire me because i have a herniated disc in my neck um, they said, like, I need to stop wrestling immediately and get this checked up. They literally said one more bad bump and you could be paralyzed or dead. Um, which, obviously, they made me go from, like, way up here to, like, boom, shot down real quick, you know? And, yeah, I went from about to have my dream job in WWE, like, something that I really wanted for a very long time, to I am on the injured list and not Going to be off of it anytime soon. Is that um,
0: the recent
1: injury that did you get that problem fixed now? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you can tell, but I got that nice little guy right there. I can see it. Yep. Yeah, um, on St. Patrick's Day, I had surgery. Um, found out that the disc actually, when they got in there, it wasn't herniated; it was ruptured. Um, so, for anybody that doesn't know what that means, a herniated disc is. Between your vertebrae, there's like cushions more or less. And right behind there is like a tendon and then your spinal cord, Um, uh, your nerve endings for your entire body. Uh, And a herniated disc is when it's pushing into that tendon. A ruptured disc is when the tendon is broken and it's just pushing straight into the spinal cord. Um, And yeah, that's what I had and at first, when the doctor told me, I was like, oh, great. That means I'm never going to be able to wrestle again. But he's like, no, you're, you're good. Like, you just need to take the proper rehab, proper protocols, take the time that you need. And then, yeah, you'll be able to get back. And I was like, oh, great. Perfect. So that was kind of like my main focus. But with that, I kept just seeing everybody else wrestling and doing incredible things. And like I so said, my fiance, she's in the UK right now doing like absolutely incredible wrestling and getting to meet people that, you know, you only dream of and like, I'm super happy for, them, but just like everybody else that I'm like, I'm seeing on Twitter, on Instagram, like, I was like, man, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm bitter, yeah. jealous. You know, like I want to, I want to be able to wrestle already. I want to do this. And it just like, it ate away. at me for so long, man. so long. And it was, it was easier when I was like, I first got the injury cause I'm like, all right, like I, feel like shit I feel like garbage I can't move I can barely eat but like now for instance I'm like I am healthy I'm quite frankly like some of the best shape of my life besides cardio wise because I need to start that immediately (laughs) but uh yeah man and like mentally I am in the best place I've ever been my entire life um uh financially emotion everything I am perfect except for my my recovery time I still have a little bit longer to wait. Um, unfortunately. But my doctor telling me that I'll make full recovery, it makes it worth. And that's kind of like the only thing I'm like really like holding on to. I'm like, all right, look, I'm gonna make a full recovery. And as soon as I come back, like I'm gonna fucking get it. I'm gonna fucking just hit the ground running as hard as possible.
0: Oh, for you sure, know? man. I mean, obviously seeing all that stuff on social media, seeing people post all this, you know, like this is where I'm going, this is what I'm doing, like. And obviously, especially with somebody who battles mental health, that takes a toll on you, too, a little bit. Um, You know, so I I get it, man. And I condemn you for sticking through it and and doing your best to just continuing to live your life and do everything you can to get yourself back into the same spotlight as all these other guys. Um, Now, let's let's talk about um, (laughs) I don't want to say let's talk about the future for WWE and stuff like that. (laughs) <laughs> if WWE were to offer you a contract again and knowing what's going on with their company and, and seeing everything that's happening to guys like Alex Zane and, and Anthony Henry and stuff like that, would you accept the contract or would you have to really think about
1: it and maybe go somewhere different? Um, it really is situational. Um, mostly because, like you said, all the stuff that's happened with like the Alex Zane's or the Anthony Henry's it sucks. Like, you know, it, it sucks that they literally got there, were given the opportunity to shine, but then that was ripped away from them before they could really like flourish. Um, and that's like, no disrespect to those guys. That was kind of one of the saving graces of the injury. I'm like, okay, if I wouldn't have this injury, I would have went and now I gotten fired. And then I would have been even like even worse off mentally, you know? Um, but it's, it's definitely situational. Uh, because nobody and everybody can say, like, oh, like, screw WWE, like, you know, fuck them, they're fucking guys over and da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, like, if they offer you a contract because it is a company and if it's lucrative enough, and depending on what else you have going on in your life, yeah. I mean, if wrestling is, if wrestling on being a main stage superstar, Wrestling wise is your goal, then maybe not with WWE, you know. But if my focus and my goal is like my family and being able to provide for them while also being able to pursue my passion, then yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, WWE is going to be a uh, full time salary versus oh, sure. you know indie indie wrestling every weekend. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love wrestling on the indie. I love being able to travel everywhere on the weekends, but having a set schedule not being having to travel every single weekend and just like driving 20, 30 minutes down the road to go train with some of the best coaches in the world. Like if I get laid off in a month, a year, 10 years, like that's still a lot, a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience that I can bring back to the Indies to be even better. So I get you. short answer, long, it's situational.
0: Oh for sure. I mean, do you think do you think these wrestlers who got let go after only a short amount of time not having really a big chance to shine um, have every right to be pissed at WWE for a company trying to grow as themselves? Do you think all these wrestlers who are saying fuck WWE, screw them, like all the shit is something that should be said or do you think it's just something that they're just bitter about not getting that opportunity?
1: I mean, I can't speak for them, uh, mostly because of the fact that I wasn't in their shoes. I don't know. I have an idea of it, of what they went through, but that's all secondhand knowledge. None of us that weren't there actually were there. They don't know if it was, oh, for example, all right, uh, you and a girl date, you and girl break up. It might have been your fault, but when your boys ask you, hey, man, like, why'd you guys break up? first thing you're gonna say oh that bitch is crazy <laughs> that's true that's true you know? so i'm not like when people are like oh fuck wwe it's like yeah i'm sure like they are a business first so they don't give a shit if they fuck somebody over you know they they really don't care so you have to realize that going into it like this is a business and especially with all all of the layoffs that happened prior to uh, those signings like you got to realize wrestling is a very it's a very fickle mistress doesn't matter where it's at Um, now there's a little bit more stability because of AEW and Impact and those guys putting the wrestlers before the business which that is honestly why those promotions are absolutely blowing up They don't have an ego. They realize we are all in this together and we need to make something of ourselves. So that's why that is just skyrocketing where WWE is like, yep, we're WWE. We're always going to be WWE. Like you guys are chasing us. That's their mentality, which again, nothing wrong with that, but it's a matter of where do you want to have that focus at? And I'm sure the guys have every single right to be angry at WWE for letting them go. I would have been angry too. But like I said, I'm not in their situation. I don't know what they went through. They may have every right. They may not. But at the end of the day, wrestling is a business. And wrestling, especially in WWE, is a business.
0: Oh, for sure. No, I get it. It's just something that I've always seen, like, especially with all the releases and stuff, is you've seen people that are, like, not bitter towards it. You've seen people that were. And Um, you know, it's always just a question that you have set in your mind, like, you know, what really happened? Like, you know, was it something that we're not seeing the full side of the story to, or was it WWE just being WWE? Like, you know, you never know.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing too, is like, you want to have that good balance of being able to keep your pulse on what's going on between like companies or like what's going on in a company, but you don't want to get to a point where like, the only thing you hear is about like the negativity of the company, because that's going to give you just like a bad taste in your mouth. You want to be able to realize like, Oh, Hey, here's the positives. Here's the negatives. I mean,
0: do you you think there'd be a lot more or a lot less negatives if something like AEW didn't exist?
1: Um, no, there's still be negatives. I think, uh, with AEW, like if they didn't exist, all these layoffs were still going to happen. You know, I feel like, if AEW is the reason why these guys got let go, then that's the dumbest thing in the world. They were gonna, they were getting let go because, quite frankly, WWE didn't see a use for them anymore. They didn't see that they brought profit. They were fucking wrong on so many accounts. I will put everything on that. They were wrong because now you got guys going into AEW, getting the opportunity that WWE should have given them, and now they're fucking, you know? Oh, for sure,
0: and especially yeah. with the rumors of uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, you 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 don't know what's going to happen with them, and especially with where they're at in the card. I wouldn't blame them. I wouldn't put it past them. You know, it's one of those things that you got such star power, and, and you have them at one of the lowest points of the show. Um, you know, it, it's a shame. It's a shame yeah. that you see the same thing week in, week out, every week. Uh, I think who was it? Tony niece or something posted on uh, Twitter yesterday or two days ago saying like, I'm glad I don't have to wrestle the same match 52 weeks in a row. Like, you know, that that's something that AEW brings to differently to the table, obviously is different matchups. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, but let's get back to this really quick. Um, You did have a debut match at reality or wrestling uh, Mm -hmm. not too long ago, um, less than a year ago, I should say. Right. Probably around then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, um, my
1: last match, actually.
0: Tell us about that experience, how that was. Uh, reality Wrestling is one of my favorite indie promotions. I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely fantastic. So let's talk about that. How was that experience?
1: Um, well, obviously, Reality Wrestling is run by Booker T. Um, so, like, the amount of pressure I felt going into it, uh, not necessarily, like, pressure to perform, like, well against uh, Gino which he's a uh, part of LLW. He is one of the best like luchadors that I've ever been in the ring with. He's so good, has so many incredible ideas. That means like movements and just flow is damn near perfection. Um, so going into row, their locker room is very family oriented. And I don't mean that like, I mean, obviously show wise, there's like no cussing, none, anything like that. But in the back, like I said, it's like a family they all grew up together more or less training right they're on every show together like everybody knows everybody and everybody loves everybody but with new people coming in to that show they're not like oh hey you're not one of us they're like oh hey yep like we'd love to have you we'd love to like bullshit with you and like you know questions and talk and conversate so like the the vibe there is great especially like after the show we all like go out and like have dinner together which is awesome. awesome i love when like locker rooms actually hang out afterwards instead of pin me, pay me, let me get back to the hotel.
0: Oh, absolutely. Cool. but I mean, I, how, how was it, especially knowing that's something that high-end, you know, your fiance came from? Um, yeah. How was that experience? I mean, was she the one that kind of pulled the strings to get you in there or did you kind of get those strings
1: yourself or how did that happen? Uh, it was uh, a little bit of both. Uh, so one of the guys that runs their social media, his name's uh, Kevin. He uh I posted on Twitter uh and I was like, I, I did the the proverbial Steven Wolf versus Gino. Let's make it happen. And uh yeah, he hit me up. He's like, hey, uh, so and him and Hyan are pretty close. So uh, you know, they talk and conversate. So Hyan let it slip that you know I was gonna be in uh, getting signed. And uh he's like, Hey, he's like. I definitely didn't hear this. However, if you can (laughs) wrestle still on this date, we'd love to have you and make that match with you and Gino happen. And I was like, I can still wrestle that date. It will probably be my last day to (laughs) Um, Like So I would love to, especially with the fact that uh, Hyan and I were going to be in uh, Houston for Thanksgiving. Uh, First time I'm meeting her family. Uh, Actually, that's where we got engaged. That was three days before that show. Uh, That's awesome. So going, going into the show, I was nervous because one, I'm going to meet Booker T. Two, I'm meeting all of Haiyan's friends for the first time. Three, I'm meeting Haiyan's friends for the first time as her fiance. And <laughs> I got to make sure people realize she's not going to marry a shitty wrestler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, that match, I, I definitely put a little bit of something extra into it. That because it was my last match. I had to show out. Unfortunately, uh, Booker T wasn't there because he's like, yeah, fuck that. COVID, no. <laughs> 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 but I don't blame him at all. Uh yeah, And it was it was so much fun getting in the ring with Gino. Like, yeah, that dude fucking kicks hard, though. <laughs> I oh, would he's say awesome. That. Yeah. Uh But yeah, like I said, his movements, his flows, his just like ring IQ. Incredible. And, and oh, I had sure. so much fun that match. And that definitely was a, like uh a last match I feel like I could have hung my hat on. Um, but unfortunately, and well, not unfortunately, <laughs> it's not going to be my last indie match. So I just got to keep the ball rolling. As great as that match was, now I got to make sure I top it even more and more, especially with it being almost over a year ago. Uh, got to make sure people don't forget about me. Are there any hopes of returning to reality wrestling? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely for sure. Uh, I've been in talks uh, with them, and they definitely want to work something out whenever I do get cleared um, from injury. So I'm definitely going to be back in uh, Houston, Texas for uh, row, and well, Houston in general because that's where we're hoping to move here in the next. I'd say six months, get a house down there. That's or awesome. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Congrats on
0: that, man! It's very exciting. It's really awesome. Thanks, bro.
1: Okay. Um,
0: now let's kind of talk about mental health. Um, yes. I know I know it's something that you battle with it's something that I battle with. Um, how long have you been battling with mental health?
1: Um, that I've been aware that I'm battling mental health Yeah uh, since I was I'd say 22, 23 um, However I say that because that's when I realized, like oh hey, I need to get help for my depression. Before then it was my life sucks and it just sucks. There's nothing I can do about it. It's not depression. It's just, I'm not that talented. I'm not that great of a person, so I can't do much. Um, so yeah, depression really ran my life for like up until about honestly like three months ago, (laughs) um, this depression, anxieties and like anxiety of like not performing well or, like what if this happens, what if that happens and just fears of failure and like not wanting to put myself out there. Like I said, like the first time I failed in AAW A- A- was because I was too scared to try something else. I was trying to do what other people were doing and I couldn't do it as well as them. Cause I didn't do it. Yeah. Um, and man, like at first I was, I've been on medication for like the longest time for my depression. Um, and then I had to get on medication for my anxiety and it just kept getting worse and worse. Um, and then finally, like, you know, I love her Hi, on, man. She's like, you need to go to therapy. Cause you have been through so much shit this year with wrestling, your surgery, your um, family issues that I've been going through. And man, it's, it's, it's been a lot. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You know, she was just like rude. with me. she's like, she's she's like you're you're a wreck your hair is growing out your beard's like you you need to take care of yourself and you know like i said i wasn't my biggest fan so i was like all right if i'm gonna do this like i'm not doing it for you i'm I'm not doing it for me i'm gonna do it for you and as i was getting therapy it stopped being so much about like oh i'm gonna do this so high on like you know more or less won't leave me because i'm scared she's gonna leave me uh It was, it turned more into like, oh, maybe I'm not as bad as I think I am. Oh, well, I'm actually like a really good person. Oh, like I really don't have, I'm actually very athletic. I don't have limits. I am very good at talking on the micro when I'm in a wrestling ring. I'm very good, like in a wrestling ring in general. I don't know why I doubt myself so much. I don't know why I doubt myself, like when I go to the gym or like, worry about people like looking at me the wrong way. Cause I'm in a grocery store standing in this one spot for too long. And like, man, it's just so much nicer now uh, being able, I mean, I've still face my depression and anxiety. I'm still on my medication. And honestly, if you're not on medication, you feel like you need to trust me. It's a great idea. Therapy was life-changing. Step one is definitely uh, like I'd say therapy and then medication. Uh, mostly because your therapist can let you know like what medication is good enough for you. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's been a struggle really my entire life. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been rough, but I oh, know for sure, man, wow. I get it. Like, yeah, as you know, like you said, like you, you suffer from it too. You know? Oh, right. I mean, I've been battling
0: since 13. Like I would uh, sit on my basement steps and like, you know, why am I alive? Like I I'd get to that point. Like, suicidal thoughts just popping in my head and I battled this for 17 years like you know I'll be 30 next month and it's just like it's still you know kind of gets you once in a while um you know I've been I'm about four years ago I think it really hit me I was uh laying down on the couch just watching tv and I just started having like a really really bad panic attack just out of nowhere and I thought I was having a heart attack like that's how bad it was um and they put me on medication and just the medication kind of made me feel more depressed. Like it was, it was one of those things where like I get asked now and people are like, are you on medication? I'm like, no, but I'm in therapy. Um, medication just kind of made me more down on myself and I hated myself. Like it was making it worse. Um, they're like, well, that's not, the, that's not how it should be. And I'm like, that, it is for me for some reason, but, um, about back in March, um, Like, so September last year, me and my fiance split, I found out she was cheating on me four months before our wedding. Um, really rough, really rough patch. I mean, I lost my grandma like two months before that. So, um, it it was a rough year last year, um, especially with the pandemic happening and all that. Um, so back in March, I starting to do my podcast, my interviews and stuff like that. And, um, I reached out to Darius Lockhart who wrestles on the independence, Um, and all of a sudden I got a follow from a wrestler who I never knew Jackson stone. Um, and I found out he was a mental advocate or mental health advocate. Um, and we kind of just started talking and he has been there for me, a big support system since I met him. Um, I quit doing my show in March after I did like five episodes or six episodes and I canceled all my other scheduled shows, um, and started back up in June or July, somewhere around there. Um, but July 1st, I decided when I had JT done on my show, I was going to quit drinking, um, alcohol, just kind of hiding things and stuff like that. And JT done being sober for nine, 10 years. Um, you know, it kind of was an inspiration for me. Mm -hmm. So I stopped drinking and I started therapy and like, just mentally, I've been so much better and so much healthier. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of people don't look at therapy. Like, It's very hard to talk about because I had family who just pushed me like, you know, oh, well, you need to just go see a therapist. And all I wanted to do was have somebody to listen, you know, and and Mm -hmm. when family just pushed you aside, it's kind of hard to do that. Um, You know, so it makes you feel like, well, I don't want to see a therapist. You guys just keep pushing on me. But Mm -hmm. I finally got to that point and I was like, you know, what? I need to do this for me. I need to do this to make myself better. And Uh I think a lot of people out there misinterpret mental health. I think a lot of people out there don't understand it fully. Um, You know, it's very hard. And I think a lot of people post on social media. And I was talking about this to somebody the other day. I think a lot of people post on social media saying like mental health, this mental health, that just because they want to get the follows and likes and stuff like that. It's very rare that you find somebody who 110% understands what mental health is. And it's one of those things that unless you actually 110% deal with it, you know, yeah. you don't, you don't know what anybody else is dealing with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, you get called names, you get called all these other things, and you don't know what that's doing to the other person. So mm-hmm. I I respect the hell out of you for, for continuing to push through all your mental health issues and stuff like that and making it to where you are and getting the help you needed to, because it's an amazing feeling.
1: Yeah. It, it honestly is getting, getting the help that you need is the best. I always thought that like I I always felt better when I helped people and so I was like all right that's how I'm going to combat my depression is just helping. Oh, um sure. but the reality is if you have a cup of water and it's only halfway filled I mean if you pour it into another cup you're only going to fill up a cup halfway, right? You need you yourself need to get better. You need to fill your cup. That way, you are able to give more, you know, and then you just fill up your cup again. You give that mental, that self care. Like I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. Like now, I take baths. It's fucking awesome. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm dead ass serious, dude. I will throw, I'll put on a bath, some Epsom salts, some f bombs. Uh, yeah, f bombs. <laughs> Frank, Frank Sinatra, dude. I'm just chilling. I'm like, yep. This, this is my best life. Oh hell you know? yeah, man. It's all about the having that r- relaxation and even like, not even like a daily thing, daily, mentally, the best way to clear your mind and stuff is I journal. Um, it's definitely helped me a lot, um, but no, also started to kind of backtrack. Uh, you are talking about how you quit drinking because JT Dunn came on your show. Um, that's fucking awesome. Uh, when I was younger, I did have a drinking and a, a pill problem. Um. And JT Dunn really did help me out with, like, my prescription. Uh, He didn't know it at the time. Uh, I told him later on. But, yeah, man, I – thanks to him and just, like, helped uh, my prescription pill addiction, I haven't had one since January 21st of 2019, I want to say. And, yeah, man, I'm super thankful for that. And that's never going to be something I ever do again. That's like not of my own prescription, I should say. But yeah, shout out to JT Dunn, man, because he is he's a real one without a doubt in and out of the ring. Oh, for sure, man. It it
0: was it was one of the coolest things. I mean, I I didn't realize that that's what I wanted to do. I mean, until I got him on my show and we were just talking and I was like, you know what? He did it and and he's in a great mindset and he's just killing it. And and I want to be that person. Yeah. Not, right. not, not that I want to be JT done specifically. I want to be my own person, but <laughs> I'm like, you know, I want to be how good he's feeling. That's how good I want to feel and not drinking anymore has changed that so much. You know, it has made me feel so much calmer and cool and collected. And I mean, shit, bass help. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
1: right?
0: they, they do help, but it, it's crazy. I mean, therapy helps so much and, and you know, I, I just, I try to reach out and tell people if they ever want to reach out and talk or whatever, like I'm an open book, I'll let them vent to me or, you know, whatever, you know, I get the pain and how bad it feels. It makes you feel like you're alone. And it, it's a very, very rough time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like I said, I really appreciate you opening up and talking about that a little bit and, um, just continuing living your best life, man.
1: It's yeah. awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And obviously I'm proud of you for being able to live with as well, man. It's, it's difficult for people like us. And, you know, there's people that have depression that's, you know, it's a little bit easier to deal with. And some people that are, it's worse to deal with. It really is just, it's different for each person. And no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're going through, you need to realize that there's, there's always an out and there's always somebody that like wants to help you. Like people would rather hear your story and hear about like what's going on, even if you feel like you're complaining, they'd rather do that than have to say, man, I miss so and so. I yeah. wish they were still around. I, like I'd rather sit around for an hour listening to you complain about like the person in front of you in traffic than sit an hour at your funeral. Yes. Absolutely. You know? And don't feel bad if you feel like you can't help somebody. If you're in a place where you can't um that was a struggle for me. Cause growing up, I've always, I, I needed a hero. I needed somebody to save me and I didn't. So now that's all I ever do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel horrible if I can't help somebody, but the reality is, like I said, you can't fill up somebody else's cup. If your cup's empty, you need to be able to pour into yourself. You need to be able to grow yourself so you can help others grow. Cause if you're just a depressed person trying to help another depressed person, you're just helping them in depression, period if you are somebody that can that knows how to fight the battle against depression and sometimes battles you win sometimes battles you lose but the reality is you can keep fighting that that is when it's important to be like all right i know some tips and tools that can help so i'm gonna help if you're just in a spot where you're like i don't know what to do but they need me to do something so i'm gonna do it like don't breathe Give yourself a second. Think. It's okay. It's okay to worry about yourself for more than five seconds. It, it honestly, really is.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. So I, uh, <laughs> that was that was really a good way to put it. Um, two final quick questions for you. Um, yeah. Where where can the fans find you at on social media?
1: Um, on socials, uh, make it super easy. It's uh, Stephen Wolf three hundred nine on instagram twitter facebook uh it's steven with a ph because i'm fancy as fuck um and yeah uh that's where i'm at if you are on uh playstation network fire nation chief that's my name hit me up uh other than that man yeah uh follow my socials because right now i'm just working on comeback is there a timetable for that? um yes there is uh right now i'm not really at liberty to say when exactly um but i i can say with certainty it is uh less than two months away
0: awesome can't wait man
1: can't wait to see what the future holds for you
0: steven you're you're a hell hell of a talent man you fucking kill it and and we just can't wait to see what's up so
1: thank you appreciate it steven
0: thank you for coming on the show thank you for chatting with me i really appreciate it man and the future is going to be great for you when you come back, man. We're looking forward
1: to it. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's great being able to talk to you for the past hour, and yeah, man, can't see what can't wait to see what the future holds. I appreciate it. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, fans. I appreciate you guys watching, Stephen. We'll talk soon, man. All right, see. Ya.